I, I don't know how to start this one. I mean, I know I always say the same thing, but I feel like it's just not enough. It's just not good enough, is it? It's not enough this time. Hey guys, we're almost cancelled. I'm Peter. That's that's Connor. We we talk about TV shows and stuff. We're going to talk about Twin Peaks: The Return, Part Seventeen and Eighteen. We'll tackle them in that order. And uh, if you've been with us for this journey, I just want to, I want to point out a key fact here. We started watching Twin Peaks for the first time. Well, I'd seen a lot of it in season one, but regardless, Probably. for the first for the first time, we started watching Twin Peaks in January. We have been reviewing it on a weekly basis since then. We finished the original series the week before, or more specifically, Fire Walk with Me a week before the new season started. We've had that in our lives consistently. The, the only week we haven't had an episode since January is the one week this took off. Yeah. So, so. This, this is the first time we've felt the feeling of there's no more. Like we've never yeah. felt that before. Like I know a lot of people had that twenty five year gap and it sucks to be you, but we didn't have that. We we had oh, the new one's out next week, it's fine. But uh, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're with you now. <laughs> Do you know, but, a, a, a alternate title for these episodes, you know, you know, technically they're part seventeen, eighteen, yeah, yeah. but in my notes, I always put, you know, Twin Peaks, the return, mm. part whatever, as a headings. This one's, I just put Twin Peaks, the ending. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, so first things first, you're actually getting this a bit earlier than normal, uh, which, you know, exciting, great. We're actually doing this mere minutes after viewing this live. Uh, the downside to this is that I've not had a chance to watch it a second time, which feels like a mistake now that I've watched it. But uh, I also don't have as uh, concise a, or as... Uh, plentiful notes that I normally do because I don't like really, I don't really like doing notes in the first viewing. Luckily though, Connor's took notes, so he's going to prompt me uh, as to what scene we're on at any given time. Uh, I actually tried as to take much down, as I can read my right. I tried to take down scene headings as I was going, but there was a point in the episode eighteen where it just stopped happening. I just I was zoned in. It was, from that point on, there was nothing. That's fair. So yeah. So, where do we start with this? I mean, obviously we start with the first scene of 17, but before we get to that, I just, I want to say that this is far more straightforward than I think I was expecting it would be. To a point, I think... I, think, I was trying to crack a joke. What were you saying? I mean, I think 17 is quite straightforward. To a, so, you know, we get to, to a, a point. point. To a point. And then 18 comes along, and 18 kind of is like, <laughs> this is David Lynch, what, you thought you knew what was going on, you, you yeah, don't know what's yeah. going on, you don't know at all. There you... was a point in 17 where I was like, oh, that's what this is about, and then yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, what the hell is this about? With one, with one omission, there was one glaring absence in 17 that made it feel like not everything had been revealed yet, but... yeah. Uh, I will say, obviously, I have I've had a quick glance at Twitter, and people are losing their minds. Some I, some love, some hate. I, I I did see some responses, not on Twitter specifically, but I I did see some, uh, and there was a, a large sentiment. In fact, one of the largest sentiments that I saw when I glanced online again, it's been minutes. Like we just glanced, uh, is that a lot of people seem to love Seventeen but hate Eighteen, and think Seventeen works better as an ending. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about that when we get to the end. We're not doing that now, so don't give me your thoughts on it because I, no, no, I, I can see I can see we're getting ready to do it. No, I wasn't going to. I was just saying I can I can understand where people are coming from. I said to save it. That, 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 so that falls just, under that umbrella. I don't think it does. There's a level of understanding. Oh, do you know what? I think before we get into you know, breaking it down and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I think there's some stuff missing that I feel is a 
maybe a problem overall. Yeah, shift that for the end, though. Talk about what's missing when we get okay. to the end. That's, right. Yeah. No. Uh, anything that's not in the episode is not at this point. We'll save till the end, which I imagine will be a lengthy section of deconstructing the season and everything. Right. I was going to say some more things there, but we'll just let's get into you want, it. You want to save it for the end, don't you? Yes. Episode 17. So, I, I mean, I wasn't prepared. Obviously, Cooper woke up last week. We were all excited. It was like, yeah, he's coming to Twin Peaks. Um, and I, I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, there's going to be some him like meeting everyone, and there's going to be some happy times, and there was like a slither of that, but it, it wasn't really no the focus. No time for that. No, there wasn't really uh, that much of a focus on that, of course. Um, and there was a feeling at one point in this episode where I went, okay, I feel like that's the last we just saw of every other character that isn't yeah. isn't Cooper and there, one there of the others. There is a specific line. Yeah. Ex- yeah. That, yeah, okay. Um and I was okay with that because I knew wherever he was going to take, wherever Lynch was going to take us on his crazy journey, that it was going to mean something. It was going to do, and it did. Like I, I got really emotional in seventeen. Like there, there was, oh, I, I literally had tears in my eyes at one point. Yeah, it, it was beautiful stuff. Um, so we'll get into so the, so the first scene, which I, I do have written down, was <laughs> well done, good stuff. Uh, it was in South Dakota. It was uh, with Gordon and uh, Albert and Tammy, and it's Gordon telling. Albert, like, okay, by the way, I may have withheld some information uh, all these years, these past 25 years, that Cooper and I kind of had a plan. That, you know, Jeffries went missing, uh, Chet Desmond went missing, uh, he got a name drop, yeah, that's, uh, and he's, he's had another one, that's the second name drop he's had, but still, two name drops for, for Mr. Desmond. Um, and, but of course, the most interesting part of all this is like okay, yeah. Everyone in this this task force was looking into what, what was the pronunciation of this? It was a uh, Jude. Jude, yes. Or maybe then, it was Jowde. Or Jowde, yeah. But then, then like a second, like there was a sort of moment where I'm like, okay, right, was, wait a minute. <laughs> like there was this moment of realization where I just realized what that sounded like. <laughs> um, and then of course he does say it just in case. Yeah, he he does, he does then say uh, what well, you know, uh, Jude is what they yeah, called it. Over time, it became that. Uh, so obviously, okay, right. So Judy, and I'm like, oh, so Judy's Babylon. Like, that, that's actually what Judy, Judy is. Like, you know, we got Babylon from the, uh, the you know, the, the secret files, the history, the the book. But it's like, oh no, that's that's what this is now. That's Judy. Yes. Uh, this is the big bad. Judy's the big bad. Uh, Judy's possibly inside Sarah Palmer at this point. Uh, more on that later. But you know, that's kind of where we think. If not, certainly the thing that gave birth to Bob and yes. what what else. So, so then a lot of this information came from Briggs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he's still a, a major factor here, even at the end. Yeah, <laughs> his big face is a major factor here at the end. Uh, <laughs> but no, obviously the fun stuff with this is they get a phone call from uh, from Vegas, from FBI. Unfortunately, there was no uh, Damn It Wilson moments. But Although, no. there was a really funny moment, because they, they put Bushnell on the phone, and at the end of the scene, like... Uh, FBI guy goes for his phone and Bushnell kind of like pulls it away. He's like, "No, you're gonna get your phone back." I'll have I love, it. I love just Bushnell's and and Cole. You know, like they're like shouting at each other down the phone. Bushnell's yeah. like holding it away, just just shouting. Yeah, uh, but of, of course he's like, "Oh, so so after what he hears from him, uh, which the, no- the note's basically, I'm going to the sheriff's office and and twenty. Yeah, you probably get the whole he, thing. He says, I'm, "I'm heading for the for the sheriff's place." Uh, it says, uh, two fifty. It's two fifty three in Vegas." And it's like that adds up to ten, and that is the number of completion. Okay. So that's where you know the, the yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, go on. Well, I was just say, yeah, that, that's that's where that whole two five three has kept been coming up. And it's like, mm. yeah, okay, so that's the that's the the end game number. That's that's where it all comes together, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, they've had a really fun scene where they just kind of, or they're the same scene, but they just kind of sum up everything that's happened with Dougie in the past season. Where they they, they pull up his files, like, okay, what's everything that's happened with this Dougie Jones character over the last season? It's like. Oh, he, he almost got assassinated, and then he, he did this, he did that. He's, he's got known crime boss associates, all this and all that. And then he brings up, oh, he, stu- he stuck a fork in the electrical socket. And then, then Albert, that's strange, even for Cooper. One of Albert's best moments. Probably. It's always a shame we didn't get just some Cooper and Albert like, banter. No, I, I was point. enjoying the, the Albert and, and Gordon stuff. He, at the start yeah. of the scene, he was like, yeah, you've gone soft in your old age, and, and Gordon's like, eh, not where it counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which, to be fair, I, I also think, you know, it's, it's one of those meta commentaries again from Lynch being like, mm. look, I may be going wacky and stuff, but I can still make d- damn fine movies and TV. I like how you said damn fine there. You didn't, it was didn't intentional. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but then we, we cut to the black and white electrical power lines, and it's, you know, Cooper's on the road, Doppelcooper, I should say, is on the road, and he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Um, and it cuts between that and the jail cell in the police station, and uh, Chad's up to something. He's waiting for the, the drunk-looking guy to go to sleep, but he doesn't quite, you know, like he's trying, but he doesn't quite get it here. But the notable part here is that Nado starts reacting. Nado starts, uh, she can sense that someone's coming, that, you know, Doppelcooper perhaps. I don't know if she, she knows specifically that's what it is, maybe, but she's mm. she feels the presence, the evil's coming yeah, uh, that's what I was getting. At. Uh, there was also something interesting. I know I mentioned before the the jail cell numbers. Yeah. But it, this this I put it down again because this was just after we learned that information about you know the number ten being you know, number of completion. Mm. And Chad was in cell ten. So you know the idea that uh, and then the drunk was in five. So like, you know maybe like he's half a man. Like, you know because he's not all there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and obviously eight comes up again later as well, which is the cell uh, Freddy's in. So, um, but it comes back to Doppelcoop. Doppelcoop is, again, power lines, those dark shots of the road, the headlights, very atmospheric, very sinister brooding that's had all season. And then we, we, we find that he is in Twin Peaks because he, he gets into the forest and we get to the, the entrance to the White Lodge, the Jack Rabbit's Palace, or the, the area that led from there, yeah. uh, that led to. And he... You see the mist, the smoke, and it's kind of stuttery, and he goes in, and obviously, unlike the other characters we've seen go there, he's a bit more confident. He seems to kind of know... It's not, it doesn't seem to be an exact science, but he knows what he's there to he, do. He knows what to expect, roughly. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to point out, much like last time, when it does that shot of like the, the, the circular thing, I don't even know what you call it, but... It's like a pool of mud. Yeah. Um, like... There's a, there's a shot of this again, and it's like sort of a, a top-down shot, a bird's-eye shot, and it's it almost looks like the top of a volcano, right? Is it? Yeah. Is, it's almost as if in like a movie they're using a miniature for a volcano, and because of the way the camera moves, it feels like an aerial shot, but it's not. Because when it cuts to the wide shot, you see how big it actually is, but it feels that big when the camera. You're right. It's like a volcano, movement. but instead of dipping in, it's been filled up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like a an active volcano that's maybe had lots of you know over the years. Yeah, stuff falling out or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but it's got that. But yeah, bit of flickering, vortex in the sky, bamf, and the White Lodge. Well, kind of. We don't actually see him just appear. There. We cut to the White Lodge. We cut to the White Lodge, and we cut to that main hall of the White Lodge, and we see Big Briggs, Big Briggs' face on the on the right hand side. 
Yes. But then the left-hand side, there's this cage. There's this cage with a face in it. Now, admittedly, it turns out to be Doppelcoop, right? Yeah. It turns out to be Doppelcoop. It was a great moment until, like, halfway through this shot where it, it turns from a face into, like, a black, spiky being. Yeah, it kind of... The, the transition it almost reminds me, you know, the, the smoke when the... when they, you know, the, the black smoke when the, 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 the doubles explode. Uh, a little bit. It was a very spiky thing it made, though, afterwards. It was, like, a hairy, yeah. spiky kind of look to it. Uh, and then it went down the sort of the I'll call it the tuba <laughs> bell. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting that you know those those gold pipes were gold. You know they they were the only bit of color. S- in, same as episode this. eight. Yeah, but again, it was just they're mm. the they're the only bit of color. Same as episode eight, but yeah. So, but the, when it was still the face, like I couldn't recognize it was Cooper. Like I didn't recognize it was Kyle MacLachlan because it was such I was you know it was yeah a it was you didn't see much was, of the face and there was yeah. all with the the bars over it. And part of me was thinking, is, is that Chet Desmond? Because we, we know Jeffries is the big teapot. Right? Yeah. What, a, what a weird sentence to say. Right? And uh, there's Briggs. So we've got one you know, more Blue Rose person left unaccounted for. So I was thinking, is that Chet Desmond in a cage for some reason? But then, of course, it turned out to be Doppelcoop. So whatever. Doppelcoop didn't just go into the White Lodge. He went into a cage. Um, and of course, the giant's floating in his spot, and he's like, he's, he's looking at the the Palmer House on the. On I the love screen. the shot of the giant. It's it's like yeah. he's you know he's off angle, isn't he? Because it's like he's off with the room. Yeah, it's it's, it's off angle. It's like, it's like he's out of sync with everything else. Uh, and also on top of that, that shot, the sort of the, the higher up shot, looking down, and you can see the sort of door where the big uh, tubes coming out of. Right, mm. the way it's framed. This was before we actually—I actually realized it was uh, Doppelcoop in the cage because it cut to him sort of in the middle of all this. Yeah, I thought Doppelcoop might just appear at the shadow of the doorway, and it'll be like, oh, there's an evil entity in the White Lodge. Like this is, you know, this is DepthCon Five. Like, yeah, <laughs> but, is... but no, this is—you know—they have control. Yeah, no, they, they do have control. They, they spit them back out at the police station. Uh, but more, more on that in a second. But I just to, to stick on this for a second, him looking through the images on the the screen, and he—he's he's on the the Palmer House. That's where he's watching. He's very concerned about the Palmer house. Mm. And of course, we know that Sarah Palmer's got something inside her that's to be concerned yeah. about. Uh, and then that's when he, he shifts it. He almost swipes. It's almost like an iPad. So he just swipes the image across. He does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which takes us to the police station, which is where they spit out Doppelcoop. Yeah. There's a, just before we get to the police station, there is one scene, that, a very brief scene that, that was before this. It was oh, yeah, uh, the one at the Great Northern. Yeah, yeah with you're ben. right. You're right. Yeah, so so Ben gets a phone call that Jerry's been found in an old town. Remind me of the town, because I, I didn't know he said that. Uh, I didn't either. I think it was... Wyoming, I want to say. Wyoming, yeah, I was going to say that, that as well, sounds, which means it probably was. It probably was. Okay, so Jerry has been picked up naked, claiming that his binoculars killed someone, which is also a fun little reference to that scene from last week. Um, and, of course, uh, Ben's like, okay, I'll send someone over, I'll arrange something. And he's otherwise just kind of annoyed. So it's kind of a simple little scene. God damn it. He's like, yeah, that's my brother. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because this is the last time we see Ben and or hear from Jerry. Yeah. It's a really interesting one to end on. It's like, yeah, that's my brother. Still do it. Still still the same old Jerry. I'm the same old Ben. Having to deal with him. That's that's kind of it. So police station. Yes. And this... So he he. What's funny here is that I rem- remembered the shot from the the teaser trailer they put out of Andy like with the the hamper and he's like shutting the the car uh, boot. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Right? I think that's actually the one teaser I watched. Yeah, and I recognised the shot here. I was like, oh man, Doppelcoop was staring at him during that. That's what he was looking at. He was looking at Doppelcoop, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think I've ever been so terrified for a character's well-being 
than I was during this scene for Andy. No, I know you were like, how's he going to play this? Because because you don't know which way he's going to go, do you? No, because Andy's being so nice. He's so excited to see him, and you know he's he's putting on the fake smile, Doppelcoop, and he's but he's like, is he going to just kill him like a minute? Like I'm I'm worried. Now, it wasn't the real Cooper, but I did get Lucy's reaction that I wanted, which was the you, you did yeah the high pitched Cooper or Agent Cooper, you know her her way of doing it yeah, uh, which is. Yeah, you know, good fun. Uh, it, was, it was nice to see that. Even though I was really tense during the entire scene, I was worried that every good character on the police station was going to die because Doppelcoop was... Yeah, we, we've seen how effective he can be. Yeah, and of course, during this, it cuts back to the jail cell again and this is, this is going on and Nado's still panicking Yeah, more. you know, when she's doing this, this stuff with her hands and, you know, they say, oh, I think she's trying to tell us something. Hmm. It almost looks like she's trying to type. Hmm. You know, the way she's moving her fingers, it looks like if, if you put a keyboard in front of her... It would just type what she, whatever she's trying to say. Yeah, uh, and of course, like oh, Freddie's got his green hand. Chad, break, and I, I, like, this this cuts between everything quite quickly. That, uh, which is actually kind of strange for this season. Like so much of this has been very I focused. Just, scene by yeah, scene. like here's here's one scene. Here's another. Yeah. Very whereas, rare we've done this. Yeah, whereas here it was like skipping between things. It was skipping between Doppelcoop coming in and being introduced to Frank and Frank being like, "Oh, Agent Cooper, come and we'll talk." And yeah, I even noticed down how. You know, Doublecoop was perfectly civil. He didn't he didn't flip out or anything. He was just waiting to to judge it. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was just because I, I get the genuine impression he didn't know where this was going. He was kind of no, but he was also like they 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 don't know that he's not Cooper, so he kind of just goes with it. Mm, as far yeah. as he's concerned, yeah, not yet anyway. <laughs> no, no. But as far as he's concerned, it's like okay, I can kind of go with this. Yeah. So so takes a bit of sheriff's office, sits down, and of course. I, I, like, there's so much goes on here. So I, Andy remembers he has this little flash. Yes, he has this little flash of when he remembers he they, they, they put Lucy in that that moment in the hall, and he sort of remembers that, and he he goes to tell something to Lucy, and Lucy gets really concerned, and obviously Lucy gets the phone call from yeah. the real Cooper, uh, which obviously she's like, wait, what? And you know what? I don't think back in episode was it four? I think episode three or four. I don't think I ever expected such a great payoff to that cell phone joke. I, I didn't either. Like that was so early, and and I completely disregarded it. So much so that it didn't even click until she actually said the line. Oh, I totally get how cell phones work now. I was like, oh, that's amazing. I know. I, I did not see it coming. So yeah, Lucy shoots Doppelcoop, which again I was worried the entire time. Gets the phone from Cooper, and I thought it was interesting that when she put the call through to Sheriff, it wasn't line one, it was line, line two. two. Yeah, I, I wrote that down as well. Yeah, line two. Uh, very yeah. interesting. It's been line Did one you know all I think was the, the biggest tell for them that mm. it wasn't really Cooper. I mean, you know, you know, Andy comes in and offers him coffee, and he goes, No, I'm mm. good. It's like, I think Cooper. Yeah, something's not quite right. Um, so Sheriff's on the phone with Cooper, and he does the same thing. Oh, I'm not Frank, I'm not, I'm not Harry, I'm Frank. Uh, Hmm. You know, it's actually. I mean, I guess for people who are named Frank, it's probably really normal for them to say it. But when I'm saying, when I'm quoting someone saying "I am Frank," to me that means I'm being. You're being Frank. Yeah, I'm being Frank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be Frank about this. So. Um. Then to be fair, Frank is a pretty Frank guy. He's not a. He is, isn't he? Yeah. It's probably it was intentional naming. Probably, probably. Uh, so. But of course, like Doppelcoop kind of gets what the phone call probably is. Yeah, especially uh, with the with the way Frank's looking over at him, going, yeah. "Okay, so this this isn't you." And he reaches for his gun. Frank reaches for his gun, but of course, Doppelcoop's quicker, and we hear the gunshot. 
and we we see the sheriff's hat. His hat kind of like yeah. bobbles forward as if oh no, he just shot him in the head. Like what's and happened? And then you're like, where's the hole? And then the hero shot of revealing Lucy <laughs> with a magnum in her hands, <laughs> which the, the the thought of Lucy being the one who takes down Bob to to a point. I mean, she's not the final no, victor, no. but. She's the one that takes down Doppelcoop, though. And again, this reminds me of going back to the original show, Andy being the one to take the shot mm. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, presumably, he made sure she was in the right place because he he, he went and did the, you know, yeah, the, the whole thing that he envisioned that he saw yeah, in the late watch. As he runs past her and she's getting up, she's like, yep, very important. That's it, very important. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so as, as much because I, I remember questioning actually when they spat me out at the police station, I'm like, why did they put him here? This is dangerous. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, what were they playing at? But of course, the the firemen. I, I, I still call him the giant usually, but the firemen. Well. Uh, of course, knows that Cooper's on the way. He knows that he set things up here. That Lucy's going to be there to intervene. That you know all these things are in place. That Freddy's there. He's in place to deal with things. Because of course, as this is going on, Chad is got a key out of his shoe. The can I even little? Oh, he schmuck? he he knew he was going down at some point. <laughs> I don't say schmuck enough. I say schmuck more. It's a good word. That's a good word. So yeah, so so he pulls out the gun, and again, Andy's in trouble. Andy's at you know gunpoint. Uh, but of course, as he's as he's coming forward with the as Chad's coming forward with the gun that he's just got out of the locker, you just see the green hand coming up, coming up yeah. behind the bars, and like, oh no, Chad, you're in for it. And sure enough, he punches out the entire cell and it just falls on him and he's, that's him out. My, my, my notes for this is fist, door, Chad. Yeah, and it, Andy knew, just like, okay, everyone has to come upstairs with me now. Like, he takes everyone. He knows they all have to be there for what's about to happen. Uh, so they're, they're in the room just after the, the shooting happens. Cooper shows up. He speeds in. He... Yeah, this is, this is after, you know, Cooper told him, don't touch the body, just yeah. leave it. Yeah, he says on the phone, don't touch the body, just leave it, you know. Bobby runs in, or Bobby runs in later, Cooper's there first, but... You know. Yeah, and before Cooper shows up is, uh, you know, the, the men show up. The men. Oh, yeah, the woodsman. Yeah. yeah. I was like, who, who the hell are you talking about? Yeah, who yeah, else? Uh, the woodsman. Uh, and, of course, we have that creepy slow music, which, by the way, I, I read online, I don't know if this is true, I haven't, I haven't looked to corroborate this, but apparently that slow music they played here, and then I get in back in episode eight, mm. uh, is actually Moonlight Sonata, but slowed down and pitched down. Hmm. And I was listening for it. Again. Yeah, but it's but I think it's so slow and so pitched down that I don't think you can quite catch it. Uh, but it's interesting. I wish you'd told me this before. I could have been on the lookout. I didn't for know it. I was going to play again. All right. Well, but you told me anyway. Just you, you know, I'm interested in these musical little tidbits. Well, to be fair, it was a playing again that reminded me that this was a thing, and that's why I'm telling you. Oh, you're such a prick sometimes. <laughs> so. So, oh, right, so, so so Cooper comes in, the Mitchumbrils are there, which, by the way, I love that the Mitchumbrils are there to witness all this, is going on. <laughs> they have a great line about it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're like, what, what's going on? They're, you know, what the F is going on? He's, you know, Bradley, mm. very concerned. So, so, so everyone kind of congregates. Like, so, so James, who's always been cool and is so important that he's in this scene, uh, with Freddy, Freddy's there, you got, you got Andy's there, Lucy's there, Hawk shows up. Cooper shows up with the Mitchum brothers, and th- th- then the FBI show up. Gordon, Albert, right on cue. For- forgive me if I'm forgetting the order of all these people entering, but there's, there's so uh, many I'm people. Pretty, I'm pretty sure Bobby's last. I think or is Bobby I, just before Gordon. 
I think Bobby's just before Gorn. But like so many people enter the scene because by the time we get to the end of the scene, there's like an entire crowd. There's even a joke where uh, Candy's like, "Oh, I'm... it's a good thing we made so many sandwiches." Like, yeah, it's almost like someone new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Candy's getting messages from the great beyond. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying she that. definitely is. So, so everyone shut up. So, but let's get to the meat of what's happening in the middle here. Obviously, some great lines with with uh, with uh, Cooper talking to Gordon and Cooper. You know, probably my favorite line of this the whole scene is actually when he says to Frank, "Give my regards to Harry." And mm. he's like, I "Sure will, Coop." And it's just, oh, it's like, yeah, because they, you know, him and Harry are good friends. Uh, sure good. Um, and of course, so right. Let's rewind. Let's go to the actual. Yeah, the, back, back to what the woodsmen are doing here. Woodsmen, yeah, they're, they're trying to patch up Doppelkip again, like we've seen before. Yes. Um, and of course, we were wrong. Bob was still inside him. Bob comes out again. Mm. Uh, he comes out. Although I thought, what I thought was really impressive with this scene actually is that every other time I've seen him, he's basically had that same grin in his face. He's had this smile, this sick smile. But when he comes out of the body this time, he's angry. He, He's not happy. And as he's like, as, as the fight, and we'll talk about the fight in a second, but as the fight goes on, his expression keeps jittering about and changing and there's a different, you know, they use different, obviously they've went through the show and they've picked out different stills and they've, but they, they did the absolute best they probably could have. It's, it's composited, composited really well. Yes. Yes. And it fits the kind of stilted nature that Twin Peaks sometimes it, has with the, the villains and the stuff. It works with the Lodge entities, doesn't it? Yeah. So Freddy's purpose was to be there. In fact, Cooper comes in. Cooper knows that someone named Freddy will be there to help because he's like, oh, "Are you Freddy? Are you Freddy?" You know, he, he asks him. He sees, he sees the glove. He sees the glove. Freddy has a fight with the Bob Blob, which is pretty big at this point, and it, it popped out of Doppelkoop. It pops. It's flying around. It's, fl- it's this blob is flying around the room, and. You know, there's the it, the room goes dark as well. You know, the lighting keeps changing and flashing and all these things, um, and Bob like attacks Freddy, and he's like actually almost biting his like his neck and face off, and Freddy gets all bloody. And I thought, oh, Freddy might not win this. He's he's going to, and obviously he punches the blob. It sends him across the room, and he's got a big dent in it now, and it's like, oh, this is a fight, and then it still doesn't end when Freddy punches him straight to hell. Yeah. He literally punches him through the floor into hell. What? What? And Bob comes up and he's all on fire and he still fights back. And then it keeps going. Freddy's really getting beat up at this point. You know, it feels very reminiscent, uh, almost of the uh, the experiment slash Babylon slash Judy. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. When heart- it came out of the when the thing came out of the box, the glass box. Yeah, there's kind of sort of very erratic kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt very much like that. Uh, but he does eventually win. He eventually punches it and Bob explodes. Um, so I, I guess my, my surprise at this this point in the episode was like, huh, we dealt with Bob first? Like, Bob's yeah. out of the way now. Like, and it's and, like... And honestly, it didn't even... Because I immediately thought, that, that that would maybe bother me in another show. This is the main villain we've had since the start of the show. But this season's done such a good job of setting up, no, there's a bigger bad, there's yeah, someone it's, it's bigger. Yeah, it's Bob's just a part of this. He's a smaller piece. Yeah, there's someone higher up the food chain than he is. Someone more dangerous. Someone, you know, the Hawk even knows, like, from, from myth, from legend, not to mess with. We don't want to know about that. Mm. So. And, uh, do you know what? Just before we, we move on, yeah. how incredible is it that we have uh, a man that's basically Iron Fist punching a giant ball and it's not at all goofy like you know, when you're watching it it doesn't feel goofy 
obviously, you say it like that, it sounds stupid. It, 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 it does sound, so much of this show sounds stupid when you just say it out loud out of context. But, but that particularly sounds like it should look stupid. Ten minutes ago, I said Philip Jeffries was a giant teapot. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, man. Like you really, like you say, you you really feel the the, the terror in in the scene, and you know how desperate they're fighting, and you, you don't feel for a second that, that this is stupid that he's fighting a ball. You're yeah. like, hang on, is he gonna win? And Fre- Freddy's Freddy's here, and Fre- Freddy's the, the chosen one to fight Bob. That like, was his purpose, and it's almost funny because I think so much of the time we're like, oh, Cooper's there to fight Bob. Cooper's there to do that, and. Turns out he's not. Cooper, Cooper has a different mission. We knew Cooper had like more of a mission. We knew that you know Leland told him to find Laura. And, you know, I think at the time back in episode, I think two is when he said that. Uh, one and two blur together because they were the yeah. same night. Uh, but like back when he said that, I thought, okay, his mission is to go and like save the world and put Doppelcoot back in his place. But Leland wants him to additionally also find his daughter. Um, yeah, that's that's what I thought at the time as yeah. well. Over the season, I kind of changed my mind on that, and we could, because we've theorised, oh, Laura's out there in someone else, kind of like how Cooper was in someone else and Doogie and other people have been in other people and so on. We've, we've talked a lot about people inhabiting other people in some ways, or they're channeling their feelings and like yeah. all that kind of thing. Uh, so over the season, I kind of changed my mind on that, but at the time, that's how, how I felt. But certainly, but ultimately, and not to sort of jump ahead, but as the, these episodes go on, it becomes very clear that Cooper's ultimate mission here, what he's here to do, is to find Laura, because Laura's the only one who can face Judy. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying, you know, Twin Peaks, the return, we've been saying it's kind of been about, you know, Cooper returning, because... It's, it's not. Well, I mean, it's, it's arguably not, no. both. But I mean, uh, arguably, but yeah. ultimately I don't think that's what it was referring to intentionally. No, it's just referring to Laura. L- Laura, you know, the whole idea that inside Sarah is, is Judy, who... For all, I mean, they've not introduced anything else, so I have to imagine that is Babylon, as the experiment. Right. Um, the idea that Laura's the only thing that can face that, and that's why Judy has so desperately wanted her out of the picture forever. Right, and then the idea that we, we have to have this, you know, mother and daughter fight, essentially. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it's going to boil down to. Yeah, so... But of course, I'm, I'm bringing a few things from later just to sort of set, set in stone. Kind some of some like. context, yeah. So Cooper... So well, before we even get to Cooper leaving, we have to get to Nado's. Uh, yeah, obviously before this, he turn. he puts the he puts the ring on Doc. Of course, Cooper. of course, and we see the ring fall in the red room. Uh, one of our yeah. man's there. And... Yeah, and he uh, he asks for the key to the Great Northern. Yeah, from Frank. He's like, yeah. He says Major Briggs said that Sheriff Truman would have the key. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Uh, also, one of the lines from the from the Mitchum brothers that I, I can't remember which one. When when do, when the Doppelcoop body disappears, mm. they just go, "Well, that's one for the grandkids." <laughs> it's a story to your grandkids. Uh, so here we go. So we have obviously the last episode. We kind of figured out, at least with a fair amount of certainty, that Nado was in fact Diane, right? Yes. Because of what she said, she's in the sheriff's station. She's not really her. And there's this moment here where. Cooper looks over at Nado, and from this point on, actually, for the rest of the scene, there's a shot of like Cooper's face superimposed over the rest of the scene. Yeah. For, for the majority of it, there's a specific point where it goes away, but I'll, I'll get to that when we get to it. And but, and uh, we were wrong a minute ago. This now 
is when Bobby and okay, Gordon yeah. shows up. I I just assumed because again it's kind of blurring in my mind with that whole scene before. But yeah, all, I, in my notes, but this is where they showed up. So so much happens here uh, so quickly. But so she so did they come in before this change happens? Before before NATO changes. But before NATO changes, right, okay. but after after Doppelcoop's gone. Right. So so NATO steps forward and it gets kind of tranquil for a second, and they, they press their hands together. Like Cooper and NATO's hand pressed together, and. Then her head goes kind of like the you know the the fake people like Doogie yeah the like, smoke yeah like the old Diane the smoke the 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 ball but it's only the head the rest of the body's fine. Um, also worth mentioning the you know how the other ones had the effects like uh, one had the the the, the fruit being eaten and then yeah. Diane had like sort of like the, almost the cracked egg kind of effect. Mm. She had. Uh, I'm just going to say it. It looked kind of like a vagina inside the the smoke for a second and it went sort of yeah. through. And then but then when you see it in the next shot. It's more of like a sort of black crystal or uh, gem inside, like a sort of casing. Mm. But yeah, just uh, interesting. I, I, I think the image was probably intentional. Probably, probably. Um, but then the face, the head, you know, then f- appears, and it's it's Diane with red hair. Yes, one, one might notice. Fine, like, you know, again, it's this this whole season has been you know, red is the the reality of things. And, and the truth of things have been where to follow, and, and of course, so the, the real Diane having red hair is just that, that nice visual signifier if you've been following along. Yeah, so very good. And also, I like how her, much like you know, McLachlan's been doing with the Coopers all season and some other characters, her demeanor is completely different from the Diane she's you've been watching. So much softer. Yeah, softer. She's happy to see Cooper the kiss. So this, you know, the, at least yeah. certainly after being trapped in lodges and whatnot over the past years. They are certainly in a place where they're happy to see each other like that. Yeah. Um, so no. Uh... Yeah, there was a a line in somewhere in this past bit just before uh, the they touch hands actually that I think is one of the most key lines of, of the episode. Uh, Cooper says there are some things that will change. The past dictates the future. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> Foreshadowing. Think, uh, yes. Yeah. But but that that was the moment there where I was like, huh? What can he change that affects enough things? Let's not get ahead of ourselves now. No, Let's... no. But I, I, I'm just saying, I was I was hitting that already in my notes. So it's oh, okay, it's nicely okay. there. So of course, Gordon comes in, they get to see Cooper, and you know, Albert shocked. Tammy's in shock and seeing everything, and she's you know, they see Diane again. It's almost like Tammy was happy to finally get rid of her. She she hated Diane. She she almost goes for a gun. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so it's her again. That's sure. She's another tolpa. <laughs> I'm positive. Just in case. Just in case, yeah. Uh, so, but no, sure enough, he, he Cooper gives a speech where he says that line, and he he also uh, he says the, the thing to Frank about Harry. He says to you know he says to Bobby, "Oh, your father knows about everything that's going on here." It kind of assures him that his father's still a player in what's happening. He's still a you know he's still an entity of some kind, even if he's not a person on earth in the, the most traditional sense anymore, um, and. You know, and, and you know, he ends the scene with, you know, I hope to see you all again. I hope I will see you all again, every one of you. And I'm like, part of me was like, right, I hope after he goes through whatever he's going to go do now for the probably the rest of this episode and the majority of the next one, I really hope that we get a scene at the end of the last episode where he does get to see them again. That was my feelings. But, at the but you, you know, in your heart when he says that, it's like that's a goodbye. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a final uh, goodbye. Uh, Although at least you were wrong about the whole he walks back into the lodge and it parallels that with the red door. I was wrong for now. I mean, I was wrong in that that specific shot. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. What do you mean wrong for no? You're not right at all. We'll get there. I've got, I've got some ideas still. Nah, you're, you're still wrong. <laughs> there's a, you know, obviously there's the, the, the great moment here where you kind of realise how the face is kind of superimposed and everything's kind of stuck in the one moment. The clock is stuck. Yeah, it's actually... Did you, did you catch the time it's stuck at? I didn't actually. What was it saying? It's stuck moving between 2.52 and 2.53. It doesn't quite... It go. It's trying uh, to go to 2.53 and just gets gets knocked good, back. Very good. Uh, the superimposed face actually fades away um, as Cooper and Diane kiss. That's the moment where it fades. Yeah. And they're kind of in the moment again. Like they're, they're just like, it's like that's when they feel relieved a little bit. Where okay, things are moving. Things are yeah. Right. So it's more that, that uh, them being together kind of escapes everything else. Yeah. For them. Um. And then he's, then he's like, okay, no one can follow, right? Just, just oh, to... you, you've just oh. skipped over a little bit. There's, there's a, another on. big um, where the the big face kind of speaks. Oh, go on. And he says, yeah, he says, uh, we live inside a dream. Of course, referencing back to the episode 14, was it? Uh, Dream with Monica Bellucci, or whatever episode it was, doesn't really matter. Um, And of course, another thing that's just kind of in our heads throughout these two episodes, like, you know, what is that referring to? What does that mean? I don't think we can really talk about that until we get to the end. So, so then. And uh, and when when they say, don't try to follow him, it's, you know, it's... uh, the three of them, Gordon, Cooper, and Diane, going towards the door. Yeah, but when he says "Don't try and follow," does it? Does he not just? He says that to everyone, except Diane. I'm sure because when Gordon showed up in the next shot, I thought, "Oh, that's," uh, like I thought, "Oh, Gordon's just kind of went of his own volition, kind of thing." Oh yeah, that's fair. Because uh, I, I think he says, "You know, everyone but Diane don't follow," and then Gordon does anyway. But maybe, maybe I'm just like there was so much going on. Maybe I just added that. <laughs> I did that into yeah, my head. I didn't write that down, but yeah. So maybe I missed something. There was a lot going on that I didn't. I couldn't write physically write down everything. So he leaves the rest of them there, and they're in the basement of the Great Northern, where the noise is. The noise has been all season, and yeah. the door's there, and they're going through the door, or at least Cooper is, because it's because he tells them to come along, but he doesn't actually. He doesn't take them with them to the journey. He just takes them to this this entrance, and says, "Look, uh, you know, I'm I'm going alone." Uh, no one else can follow beyond this point. Um, yeah, you know, and has a touching moment with Diane. Uh, and it, and his his final words to her there are, "I'll see you at the curtain call." Again, red curtains, velvet. Yeah, had this whole thing. But again, it, it's this ominous idea because the the curtain call, you know, in in stage, it's you know the ending when the oh, curtain yeah. down. It's it's this is quite ominous, isn't it? It's ominous, but hopeful because the way Cooper says it, it's kind of like. Like, one way or another, this is going to be over. So I'll see you no matter what. Like, whether it's because I, everything works out and we're happy and alive, or whether it's because we fail and we die, one way or another, this is ending now. Yeah. That's kind of how I read that line. And then he was in the door. And again, another shot from the uh, the teaser, the very first teaser, uh, is him just walking out of the darkness into, like, a, like a medium shot. Yeah. Uh, like that's that and then of course the one-armed man comes in from the other side and then that's just them and that's when the one-armed man says the the whole you know starts with the electricity did you write it all down uh, i didn't write it all down because it was the, it was mostly just the the rhyme wasn't it yeah it ends with fire walk with me yeah. um and correct me if i'm wrong but this was not in lodge speak this is the first time i think we've no you're correct yeah. it was regular speak interesting 
Uh, but then, of course, he follows him. And then we go to a shot that we've seen earlier on this season. They're going through the forest, and it's, they're, they're superimposed over it. They're going down that hallway. They're going to that the woodsman apartment, if we want to call it something. Yeah. You know, with the flowery wallpaper, and they go up the up the stairs. And it's very long, it's very slow, it's very brooding. Obviously, once they go up the stairs, there's a little bit after that that was very mm. interesting. Uh, that was different, wasn't it? Yeah, it sort of jumps, it gets very erratic, and it jumps to like a different angle of the stairs, and then someone stutters down the stairs, and it's not until they get to the bottom where you can really make out who it is. It's the jumping man with that long, pointy nose. Very interesting stuff. Interesting. It, that did convince me, though, it's probably not him that's inside uh, Sarah. I was like, After that, I was like, okay, right, it's probably... Yeah, because he's there. Yeah, so. it's Judy who's inside Sarah. Uh, so he's at the motel, right? The same motel we saw Doppelkoop go through. So we we have context for this. We have an understanding. Well, I say understanding is maybe a strong word, but but, but we we know where he's going. We know yeah. where he is. And sure enough, he goes to that same room with the one armed man. They go inside, and it's uh, it's Philip Jeffries and his teapot kettle. Yes, <laughs> I, I just called it a smoke machine. A smoke machine. There you go. Uh, Said so he's happy to see him again. Uh, he gets a little bit confused about you know t- talking about very various things, and uh, so remind me of some of the, the the key points of dialogue here. Yeah, he says you know like ask him to be specific. He asked him about February twenty third, um, and when he, when he asked him about February twenty third, he says I'll try to find it. Uh, it's slippery in here. Yeah, of of course. T- to me, that was like okay, time away, me. This is he can access time, and because yeah. even even the idea that in Firewalk with me when he appeared, it seemed to be out of time. The way he asked, like, who is that standing right there when he referred to Cooper, like he was yes. checking which version of Cooper it was. Uh, so clearly, so obviously, as soon as he said that, I'm trying to find it. I'm like, is Cooper going to time travel? <laughs> Are we getting <laughs> proper time away, me? Is is that where we're going here? And of course, he he brings out the at first it's a number eight. It's like and it's like a little ball as well. But then the ball settles on the number eight, and it's like a symbol. It's, do you know? Yeah, before it becomes the number eight, it kind of looks like a, you know, that. No, no, before it becomes the eight, it's more oh. of a diamond, and it's and the two lines, you know, like the oh, sure, the yeah, it's, on it's, the map. It's the symbol in the ring. Oh, the ring, yeah. It's the ring, and then it's the top symbol, though, turn, it? and then it turns, and then it becomes a symbol on the map, and then it yeah. becomes the eight. Yeah, and of course, like you say, the the idea of eight is you know turn on its side. It's the infinity symbol. It's I'm pretty sure there's something there. Yeah, also uh, infinity, but also loops back, which is why it's infinite. But like the whole yeah. idea of timelines crossing. Yeah, and it's is... this idea that you know he he puts a dot like a little ball, like you say in the eight, and it moves and it stops, and he goes, you know, this is where you'll find it. Yes. And, and it's like, okay, so is that? But it can't be a place, a physical place, because it's an eight. But could that be a point in time if time's a loop and it's infinite? Well, yeah, he just asked for a time, so it makes yeah, sense. yeah. But it's like, yeah, but but if he asked for a time, he he said he already has the time, and he says this is where you'll find it. Yeah. So I mean, well, uh, that, that doesn't line up straight away for me. Just saying, you know, if if he already has the time because he's asked for it, like he's he's given you know February twenty third. Yeah, but he says he has to. He's to, he's trying to find it. It's slippery in here. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. So, so I'm, Sorry, I'm think- I thought you meant Cooper. Sorry. Oh no, 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 not him. But I'm, I'm thinking Jeffries. That's like him, like saying, "Okay, this is the point in the timeline where that is. That that's where that right, day yeah, is. Yeah. That's what that's what I think he's saying. Uh, yeah. Putting the dot there. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I, I, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, lots of stuff going on here. Lots of stuff. And of course, 
of course, that this is where we we then go to one black more thing and white. before. That. Oh, sorry, oh, go on. One more thing before that. He says, "Remember, electricity." Yes. Philip Jeff- yeah, Philip Jeffrey says it to him. It's a, you know, it's, it, it proper s- slows down and he, he's like really making a big deal of remember this. Yeah. So he. So then we, then we cut to black and white footage of Fire Walk With Me. It's, yeah. the, it's the scene where Laura leaves her house, Leland's watching from the window, he's upset, and that's when she gets on James's bike and James and her ride out into the forest. And of course, I'm like, at this point, I'm, I'm just like. Okay, they're showing us this for a reason, right? There's something happening here. And I'm like, okay, but to what extent, right, is like, is Cooper just going to be watching this to see things that he never saw before? Like, is there going to be a clue in here that maybe he's going to be able to interpret because he has more knowledge than us? Or maybe because, for whatever reason, right? Or just the fact that we have more knowledge now than we did when we saw sure, that. Oh, sure. Well. Yeah, sure. Uh, but they get, they get in and they have the conversation and she's talking about how she loves him and there's, you know, that whole scene and she ends up breaking down. But then, of course, so so Cooper flickers in. He flickers in over by a tree, right? Yes. He flickers in and he's watching. So I'm like, okay, right, he's watching. He's he's seeing something. Maybe he's getting information here or something. And then something perfect happened, which that Madman Lynch, like, even if it wasn't planned for like a third season down the line, maybe it was planned for you know because it was meant to do the movie trilogy. That's you know, Firewall yeah. movies might be the first of a couple of movies. Like, whatever the reason. She sees Cooper and screams, and that's in the original. I remember once it happened. I remember yeah. it happening and being like, "Why is she screaming? What's she looking at?" She sees Cooper in the forest. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh man, what? what that was what this was like." There's so many moments that I've gone, "That's what that was the whole time." Yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff, and th- then the scene plays out, and it, but it keeps playing. I'm like, "Okay, this is going on a bit long now." Do, do, if- do you know the the line of dialogue in here that really stuck out to me this time around? You know, after this season. Oh yeah. Is when Laura says to to James, she says, "Your Laura disappeared." And I was mm. like, "Hmm." Is she, I was like, "Was this Laura Tulpa the whole time?" But but Tulpa bodies disappear. Yeah. Now, see, I I, I, don't, I wouldn't take that literally, but I think just a, a thematic level, that line works yeah. really well after this season. I, I don't think she's literally saying that before. No, then, no. But was... just for a moment, I was considering it. I was like, mm. maybe. But yeah, you know, she gets back on the bike and they they have their whole thing where she 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 fights them. Then they kind of have an emotional moment. And then she like jumps off the bike at the red light and she she runs off into the woods. And obviously, it, it went on for a while to the point where we had like a, a couple of solid minutes of just this footage from the movie. And I'm like, all right, so something else is going to happen. But like we're building to it, we're building to it. But where is it going to come in? And she gets in the the forest, and we even cut to a a Leo. shot of Leo and yeah. uh, Renault and. Uh, Renette Pulaski waiting for her like we saw in the movie and we cut back again to the forest and she's there and Cooper's standing there and of course the Laura Palmer theme kicks in at this point might I add oh yeah and and it, it, it heightens it you know, you know the, the the moment where it hits the, the really nice you know, the, the beautiful piano. part where the piano comes yeah. in such such a perfect line where that lands right and do you know what it is? now obviously there's some visual effects going on here right and this is Right, impressive stuff, and obviously this is where a good bit of the budget went to pull this off. Because it looks flawless. But there was a moment... When it, the longer it went on, the more I was just like, okay, right, this is just like a new visual effect. But there was the first little chunk of it when she was just staring at him, right, that I thought, was part of this film back when they'd done the movie? Yeah, like, is it, was this just unused footage? Yeah, like, did he know that, again, much like he knew he was going to put someone in, because maybe he even wasn't Cooper, maybe when they, they made the, the movie and they had her react, maybe it was going to be Jeffries that popped on in there 
mm. or something like that. You know, but the idea of the film this, knowing that they were going to put someone in later, right? Did they also have a scene like this that they'd shot and left off the missing pieces, knowing that they might use it at some point? But it was like her reacting to someone who wasn't actually there, but they put him in later. Yeah. But of course, it, it, it kept going on. And I'm like, okay, no, it's a visual. It, it goes on too long. Yeah. For that, but it, it goes on too long. Fantastic. But for a minute, for a minute, I was like, "Did they have the shot twenty five years ago?" And, and John, honestly, like, I think, given that I've been probably, I'd say the CG has been the weakest part of the show up to this point. You know, like the uh, yeah. when when we have like the the gold balls, sometimes can look a bit goofy. Yeah. And uh, so I was so when when this was just you know a visual, I was like, "Wow, this looks amazing." Don't like, get me wrong. So, it's in the night. There's a lot of trees and shadows. They're doing a lot to make it easier on themselves in terms of tidying it and. Not yeah. having it, you know, it's one thing to have it like this, and it's another to have it in like broad daylight in the middle of a street, like you know, very it's, different. Yeah, it's playing to its strength still. Yeah, but no, very convincing, very good, and so yeah, he's standing there, and she, 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 like, she's like, wait, you know, so first she doesn't know who it is, and she's like, wait, no, I, I remember you, I she's, saw you in a dream. Yeah, she says, who are you? Do I know you? And then it says, wait, and and it, it, she says, it's as she says, I saw you in a dream. That's when the the piano part of the, the theme comes in. Yeah, and, and it goes into the, the the trance piece. And of course, dreams have been a big thing, and all the rest. And it's like, okay, did this always happen? Did he always appear before before this, or is this just new? Is this him changing the past? This like, is the this is the change he yeah. was speaking about. Yeah, uh, and obviously, as it goes on, that becomes clear because he takes her hand, and then it cuts back to Leo in that, and Laura's not showing up. They're still waiting. Yeah, they're still waiting. Like he's altering the past. Um, and again, because it, you know, the, the the actual scene, the moment that gets replayed later, but the whole is it future or is it past? That that popped into my head uh, yeah. as this was this was as this was playing out, and he's taken her, he's got her by the hand. And by the way, now it's funny I'm going to say this because there was a moment in the next episode that I had given the same feeling. This was very Mulholland Drive. I don't know if you were getting these vibes as well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. the, the scene towards the end of Mulholland Drive, and I won't, no, no spoilers if you've not seen the movie, but there's a scene where one character's leading another one up a hill in the forest, and it felt the same way with the hands holding. Right, and especially in the, the next episode, there's a very specific point where I was like, yeah. hang on, is he pulling a Mulholland Drive again? I said like, the exact same thing. I said like, the exact I was like, same is, thing. Is that what this is? <laughs> and then, so the, he's taking us through the woods, taking us through the woods, and we can tell where they're going. It's heading towards the entrance to the White Lodge. That's where it's going. So, oh, oh he's going to take her to the White Lodge where it's safe. Where, where she, you and know. then he, he said that he was going to take her home. And it's like, is her home meant to be the lodge? Yeah, well, we saw she was born there. You know, for right, exactly. Term. Um, and so she's leading her. And it, all this is so haunting. And there's this thing where he keeps looking back at her to the point where I got worried. Like, I got kind of worried that every time she went out of frame, that, and then sure enough, She's out of frame at one point, and he looks back, and she's not there, and his hands empty, and he pulls his hand. The, in. the way it, the way it cuts to it as well, it's uh, it's silence, and then you hear a noise. And yeah, then and, then, it, and then he looks back, and she's. It's gone. a new noise as well. I don't think we've heard this. It's noise like before. a, it's like a clicking sort of noise. Uh, I'll get to it in a minute as well in the second episode, you, like, where, it, where almost, it comes up again. But it almost reminds me a little bit of the noise that the Velociraptors make in Jurassic Park. I know that sounds weird, but kind of the almost like. Kind of like a cat purring, but more of a sinister. Do, do you know what the the closest thing, this because it comes up again later, which is yeah. why I thought of it. You know when he said, you know where the tree says, "I am the arm," and this is the noise I make. Ah, okay. It's kind of yeah. like that if it was made, you know, an actual noise, not someone doing an imitation of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but you hear a scream as well, which is worth worth 
Yeah, and, and also we, we've cut over a, a little bit of, you know, where we cut to the past. With, uh, you know, we see Josie. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, that's happened. Because I'm thinking this happens after all this, you're right, hon. No, that this happens before. Uh, but we start the walk first, though. The walk starts... We start the walk, yeah, and it cuts in... in and then in it here. cuts to Josie, which, by the way, I was like, Josie? I did the same, I was, <laughs> I was like, like, what the hell? And then, it, then, it, then it cut to Pete and uh, Catherine, and I'm like, what's that? And I'm like, this is episode one. This and is, and I got, I got, this is going. Yeah, I I got exactly where it was going. The bodies, because actually, before you even cut to her, you see the the, the you shot see the of the body vanish. It, it flickers out like we've seen things flicker and, and out. That's the existence. moment I cheered up, where I was like, "Cooper saved her. He's, she yeah, doesn't he's, die. He's that's saved, it. That's exactly it." And you know, Pete's coming out. He's walking down to the, the river, and they have that one that one new shot at the end where it's just obviously it's a body double from afar, but it's you know he's fishing. He's not noticed death, and he's just fishing because he, he, there's nothing to see. And and that's it. You're like. Twin Peaks has changed. It's it's all different. He's he's trying to save her, um, and so you know. And <laughs> honestly, there I think from the moment that she saw him in the forest, right? Not the first time. I mean, that was great, but like when she saw him before the music started playing. Yeah, when she when she started talking to him. Yeah, from that moment, my mouth was just open. I was just like, yeah, and it was that way through all this stuff, all this footage from the pilot. Um, until the end of the episode, my mouth was just open. I was just in awe the entire time. I, I, I was. Like, like, I, I literally, I was like, that was that same. Like, I had you know tears in my eyes when I was realizing what was you know that he, he'd saved her. I was like, this is this is amazing. And I really never thought I'd say that Twin Peaks was going back to the future part to it, but it, it did. And the amazing thing is though, is only Back to the Future, which I love. Don't I love Back to the Future Part Two. I'm not dissing on it, but there's something more impressive about doing it actually 25 years later. When the footage is that old, and you've made made her look convincingly young enough in that one shot of, and obviously it's a visual effect, and what the rest of it, you, I, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if uh, the actress has a daughter, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a daughter. Then a bit of CG to, yeah, yeah, make it match exactly, kind but of thing. Whatever they did, whatever visual trickery, it works. Because to the point, like you said, you know, there was a moment where you thought it was just footage that they'd filmed and not used, and that's it. If if it can convince you of that, even for a minute. And again, it was just the first minute. The longer it went on, the more I was kind of looking for the the, the right. inaccuracies on it. Like there was, I was looking for the not mistakes, but just uh, the the tells. And I think I think I did kind of feel some of them. I, I couldn't really pinpoint them. I was just kind of the way it was hiding it. There was you know, in and out of focus. So all, just all these little tricks to but, so you, you don't have to do it too perfectly for too long. But the fact that it convinces you just for a minute is enough. Like that, that's yeah. that's a that's a high bar already. And I was, I was like, man, I, I, I was sitting and I was in, I was in awe of what was happening, and, and then it ends. And the thing is, like, if you took away that that mo- that moment where she gets pulled away, if you take away that one moment at the end here, because there was one little thing we need to mention, but yeah. if you if you take away that moment where she's pulled away and she screams, this actually could just be the ending of the show. This could it be could. the ending, and it could be like happy because with one, the one exception, of course, and we'll talk about this more at the end. Audrey's the one thing that would feel like it was missing in the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. But with the exception of that, it would feel like such a perfect ending to a lot of things if you wanted this kind of more hopeful, happy ending. Because the thing that happens before that actually happens, before she's pulled away, there's another there's another little scene. Actually, it goes straight from the old footage, or well, technically it's the new shot, but it's you know it's the the, the back in the te- back in the past footage, right? Yeah. Of the body not being found. And it, just before we actually go on to this final shot, well, something we missed is, uh, you know, after the body vanishes and you realise mm. what's happened, it fades to colour. 
it stops being black and true, white true, and, and right, the colour yeah. comes in it's like you know this is real now it, yeah it was almost like well it was black and white it was in flux and yeah. it was that was when it was kind of like this is getting set in stone because it's, this happened and so it cuts to the, the Palmer house and honestly I didn't even know if it was present day at first because I was like oh wait wait, we've cut to the Palmer house because I thought it, you know it almost makes sense to cut to the Palmer house and see what happened on that day and admittedly that's going to be hard because you're going to have to make an all two actors look much younger and so on I was thinking even just you know just seeing them now and the, but it'd be different because Laura wouldn't have died yeah necessarily uh, yeah if you wanted to go super happy ending you'd see them all like at their current age but all happy and you know, yeah. oh, Laura's visiting from, you know, with her family and we're the mm. grandparents and, you know, whatever would have happened. But it cuts to the house, right? And it's just, it sits in that, that front room. And the longer it went on, before the anything even uncom- happened. You just kind of like, uh oh. It was uncomfortable, but the longer it went on, it reminded me more and more of the shots we'd already had of the house this season so far. To the and point then like, suddenly you're like, you're feeling scared. Yeah. And you hear noises, you hear just kind of, I'll just call it discomfort. And eventually, Sarah Palmer comes running into the room, and she she crawls and like scrapes up to the the, the photo, the, the famous you know the homecoming queen photo of Laura Palmer, and she grabs it, and we don't see it sort of hides it behind the table. Look, she goes, she throws it down behind the table, so we can't see it, and you just see her smashing and smashing and smashing. And the camera just sort of tilts up over, and you know, sort of uh, you know, it's on a crane or steady camera or whatever and it comes yeah. over and it reveals as she's still stabbing it she's just stabbing the glass into the photo it's like you know if this is judy insider she knows what cooper's done she knows what he's doing i mean even more specifically like it cuts from this to where laura vanishes from of, yeah of course it's like she's taking action because she sees that this is currently happening this is currently being affected and she has maybe a small window to try and stop it and sure yeah. enough, she's Laura's pulled away, much like she was, by the way, at the start of the season when she saw Cooper in the red room. I mean, again, we see this again in a minute, or next episode. But you know, she's pulled away after she whispers something to Cooper's ear. She's pulled away and screams in a very similar fashion. Yeah. So lot lot to chew on with that, like, um, and obviously I'm like, all right, he's tried to save her. He's tried to go back in time and save her. But Judy stopped it. Judy has stepped in and stopped it from happening. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'll get to it again in a minute when we see it again. Like, because I think it's really notable how they show us this scene twice. You know, of her vanishing. Mm. Like, they really want you to pay attention to it, don't they? Well, actually, I have thoughts on why they show it again. But obviously, this is the end of the, the, the this episode. Actually, because it, it it Cooper looks back and like, we hear the scream and it just stays in the trees for a long time and then it fades to the curtain and it's the music and it's actually Julie Christie from Fire Walk With Me but it's, there's new footage, uh, it's present day but she's singing the same song and we end the, the credits to this song has that music playing over it so good stuff and by the way uh, Jack Nance got the dedication which was nice and it, actually I'm really glad they snuck something with Pete in I, I'm really glad because I liked him a lot in the original series and of course uh, I mean regardless of like real life but even like the character like he was next to a bomb when it went off in the finale. <laughs> we weren't going to see him again. Right. And this was a really nice way of doing it, because arguably, as much as he had so many great moments, his big claim to fame was he was the one who found her. And yeah. it was really and nice yeah. to get to relive that opening moment again of the, the pilot. It was it was good stuff. It was. Oh, man. Right, just before we move on to the, the, the last episode, mm. that there, like, uh, you know, you stop and you're like, 
what what was that like that that moment there where where she's gone and you're like just when you thought it was all fixed everything was it was on you, you, in your heart you're like hang on there's another episode left yet this can't be right as but but you you're wanting it aren't you? you want it so bad and then and and even like like the whole idea that that Laura's this important and that's why Judy wants her killed to the idea that going back and erasing everything that like because that, that's well erased in theoretically the, the entire show like Cooper will yeah. never have to come to Twin Peaks uh, at least not at the time he did and like all these things won't have happened exactly and as much as he said he hopes to see them all again he knows it has to be under different circumstances because he's going to change what happened because it's worth it having Laura around to you know counteract Judy in whatever way is going to happen in whatever way was intended whatever the plan was is important enough to do that it sets yeah. the stakes up really high. And I think that's what the episode does really well. I think, you know, when we get to episode 18 and we're talking about all the other things that go on, the stakes never don't feel apocalyptic. No, you're all, you're always edgy seat going, I don't know what's going to happen to these characters. Yeah, this is big, this is bad. It's just, oh, man. <sighs> episode 17 was phenomenal. It, it really Before was. Before we get to 18, let's just say 17 was emotional. It played with things from the original show. It, you know, actually tying back into that original iconic moment, the idea that... Because obviously, once Laura's killer was found, and it felt, okay, we've moved to all this Lodge stuff, we've moved to Bob and where he comes from, and we've, and even a lot of this season, as much as we brought up Laura was really important in episode 8, we brought up that, that thing, the idea that, you no, know, it does circle back round. It's about Laura Palmer. Even when it felt like it went away from that, yeah, it wasn't about who killed her. Well, actually, it was about who killed her. It was just not, what you know, what person murdered the teenage girl. It was about which not, entity. Not more what killed her than who. Yeah, yeah, semantics, but, like, it's what powerful entity murdered who should be the saviour of the human race. It's about this battle between yeah. these entities, and it's, like, it's about who killed her. It's just not in the way you thought it was originally. It wasn't the simplicity of just, oh, some guys killed a teenage girl and we have to find a killer. Yeah. And to bring it all back around to that, to bring it all back around to that, that scene of Pete going down and, in this case, not finding the body. And just, just you've got to think about the, the, the effects of how big that is. Like, like I say, that, that moment changed the, the town of Twin Peaks forever. All those lives were changed, even, even just disregarding Cooper. Oh, yeah. All the people who you know interacted had these moments. James, Bob, Bobby, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> Not all, all the all these things that happened because Laura died. You know, Donna and Maddie. You know, oh, all that by stuff. the way, by the way, during the fireball we've seen, she mentions that even Donna doesn't know who she is, and I had laughed out loud because that's the first time we've mentioned Donna all season. Yeah, yeah. Donna got a but, mention, but, but that was the thing, you know, like all, all that that Donna and Maddie stuff, like. Maddie would never have come to Twin Peaks. Yeah, N- none of that happens. Actually, I think going back and watching the original show now, all the Maddie stuff is going to play out really weird because so much of this season's been about, oh, you know, doppelgangers and like fake versions and tulpas and and, 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 and now you're questioning, it going, it, was she one? Well, I, I don't think she is. I think she is a cousin. Well, well, I mean, I suppose she could be, but like, I think she is legitimately a, a, a cousin. But it's just. Just thematically, again, going back and looking at it and like saying, okay, all these ideas of like, oh, it's it's like Laura, but she's different. Like she she's the doogie to Laura, kind of, yeah. in a way. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. so setting up all its ideas. So, damn. Yeah. So with that, we shall move on to part 18. Uh, and, I mean, let's be honest, if you'd asked me the start of the start of the hell start of Twin Peaks back in January or start of this new season like will the ending split people down the middle and I'd have said probably <laughs> so I'd have done the same so you know um, so yeah so we open with basically a repeat of this, the walking through the woods right that was was that the no, first thing no there's a, one scene before that okay go the, on uh, what was the scene before that uh, you have a uh, double coop in the, the lodge and the seed Oh yeah, he's on fire, right? He's sitting it's, there on fire. He's burning. Yeah, and then, and then one armed man puts down the seed. The bit of Cooper's hair grows a new doogie coop. Interesting. He goes elect. He says the electricity thing. You know, the same yeah. way Philip Jeffries said to remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, creation. You know, electricity leads to creation in a in a weird way. I mean, you can't help but think of Frankenstein, can you? Yeah, true, true. It's alive. It's alive. Never gets quite that far with this. No, no. Uh, but of course, we, we see, we, we know that uh, Jenny E and Sonny Jim have a happy ending because they're, they're Dookie Coop walks walks through the door and he's happy. And and, and his final word, he just says, home. He, he does, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like halfway between Cooper and Dookie speak where he's, he, he almost sounds not, not quite as brain dead, but there's a kind of a... There's a, there's a spark. Yeah. It's, but it's but, just very reminiscent of the way he spoke as... as uh, that's a, it's uh, it's a lovely bit of closure for that storyline. For that storyline, <laughs> I, I, I specified that storyline <laughs> very carefully. I actually wrote down Doogie Two. <laughs> I wrote down nice. Doogie Two Electric Boogaloo, which I don't think's ever been. That, you know, people put on Electric Boogaloo because you know it's, it's the joke sequel title that everyone likes to throw. Out, but I don't think it's ever been more accurate or more I, I, it, appropriate it be, no. than this this joke right here. So. Credit where credit is due to myself. Yes, I am that. My I like that how much. you were, you were barely writing any notes. You were just going scene headings, <laughs> your little bits, and then you still had to put a joke in there. I thought, yeah, I still had to put a joke in there. That said, my notes don't last for long after that. <laughs> there, okay. There's a point where there's just no return. Where no pun intended. Where I'm, I'm I was just. It was yeah. like, what's happening? Well, I'm just. You're, you're it all just in. trying to comprehend instead of note down. So I've written down the one thing I did write down after that though is I wrote down Cooper on a loop because we see this walking scene again uh, mm. and she disappears she screams he turns around and I'm like now on the one hand maybe it's just repeating it for for the impact of it this has just happened we're, we're you know kicking back in yeah but part of me did question this and part of me thought is this the first time he tried this interesting. I think what but, comes up may back that up. I yeah, because then, then we're back in the lodge, and he's back. Just, just on the actual the moment itself, when it, yeah. I only noticed it the second time around. You know when I said, oh, there's that noise, and then she disappears? Mm. There's a second noise, and it sounds very similar to one of the vortexes opening up. Yeah, and it, you know, we're back in the red room, and it, it, it's kind of like it gives a, a lot of scenes we had at the start of the, this season. Uh, although they're a bit more, a bit quicker, a bit more in the right order, they sort of jump around. Uh, so it's hard to kind of keep that sort of track. Yeah, of I it. think I got uh, the first is you know the, is it future or is it past? Yeah, which of course. And I'm thinking, why did he ask him that at the start of the season, right? Yeah. Like, has he been? Has he kept trying this and kept failing, and therefore he has to keep sort of realigning? Is it future or is it past? Yeah. 
Um, so you know, I was I was thinking that, and uh, you know, the, the whole thing with the arm. And did you notice the dialogue that the arm said, which I thought was very interesting? Uh, I got I, I got I am the arm, and I sound like this. Uh huh. Uh, I didn't note down the next part. I oh, oh, hang on. Actually, I did. Uh, oh, is it the story of a li- of of the little girl who lived down the lane? Is it? That's not the first time we've heard that phrase. No, it's not, is it? Do you remember when we heard it? Because you took no, some prodding there. No, I remember. It is okay. one of those where I remember hearing it. Like, you know, I've heard that. But you there's, a few, there's a few things in this that I've got that. You, you, you ready? Oh. You ready for the, the, the your floor to fall out from Mondays to where we heard that? Go on. Audrey and Charlie. Ah, uh, yeah. It's when he's questioning. Mm. You know, she's questioning who she is. You know, am I this or am I the? Is this the story of the little girl who lives down the lane? Like. Yeah, you're right. And obviously, my ears perked right up when he said it that this way this time. Hmm. Yeah. We'll go back to that later. We'll we'll, we'll theorize yeah. on a couple. Uh, of these I things think at the yeah, end. That, that, that's maybe more important later on. Yes. So. <laughs> so. So all this goes on. We we see the scene with Leland again, where he asked to find Laura, um, and basically a lot of the things seem to happen again, except at the end, and we we see Laura getting taken away again. We see the whisper again. Uh, sorry. Yeah, where where, uh, where she screams at the camera. Yeah, screams after, at the camera. After, after that, that, that's still terrifying. And she, and he, he, he's going through, it. and it's very similar. It's playing out the same moments, pretty much, uh, for the most part, the same. Not all entirely, like we say that. At least I think that was an extra line from the arm. I don't remember him saying well, that. Well, that's the first it. Time. Like maybe it was, and we just don't remember it because yeah. the the Audrey one was more recent. Oh, of course. Um, and that's why it's more interesting. Like, that's what makes it interesting. Is that's, where the, that's the other place we've heard this. I mean, if he said that as well at the start, then sure, fine. They said it but before. It's still but, equally as interesting. Yeah. It's like, but it's just a case of who said it first. Well, doesn't I, well, I don't actually think it matters who said it first. No? Because I, 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 well, I think the, the, the reason why it's interesting is that because it connects them in a way. Because it makes you yeah. think, what does that actually mean? That both of them have said this. If he said yeah. it already, it's like, okay, so he's repeating what he said, but it doesn't actually add any more context to it. Whereas yeah. having Audrey say it in, a, in one of her scenes does actually okay. Wait a minute, what does that add to this? What? Why are they both said that? Like, and we'll yeah. we'll talk about It'd that. Be interesting checking if he did say it the first time though. Yeah, yeah, I have to go back and check. But so, but instead of like falling through the floor, because there's a point where I thought he was, because he, he goes up to the curtain and he kind of sneaks up to it in this kind of weird way where his hands are kind of roughly. He's doing this, yeah, like handshaky thing, isn't yeah. it? Like but then he steps out the curtain. And he's just out the you know at the entrance that we've seen before in the forest with yeah, the sycamore trees. All the sycamores. And Diane's there with the red hair, so it's real, real Diane. Yeah, real Diane. She's there waiting. And he just walks up, and she's like, "Is that the real you? Is that really you, Cooper?" He's like, "Yeah, it's really me. Is is that really you?" And she's like, "Yeah, it's really, really me." And I'm like, "All right." And this is because obviously up until this point, I was I was on my this loop theory. He keeps trying this this time travel nonsense. Yeah. But for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it has been on a loop, but this is where he steps out. This is where he's he breaks the loop. It, yeah, yeah. Or, but this is where I was like, okay, that's thrown, kind of thrown a wrench in that theory. Or at least that he's still on the loop. But yeah, maybe he just broke it. Maybe he has been on a loop and he just broke it here. But this is like, okay. Wait, where's this going? Like, I actually don't know what's going on now. And they and they leave. Like they talk about going, let's do this, and they they're in a car and they're they're, they're driving. 
in the, yeah. the, it's, it's daylight, it's in the sort just of desert a, area. Just a little shot on the drive, you know, we've spoken many times about how yeah. good the, the driving shots look. And I think it was just last week I mentioned how it was, you know, the camera was down between the headlights. Mm. And But different here, it's actually up, you can see the, the hood of the car. Mm, but, uh, but, and obviously it was always doppelcoop when it when, when we yeah, saw yeah. those previous shots so, so, yeah so that's maybe the, just a stylistic difference to match the character perhaps yeah um well, yeah i've got some car thoughts later actually there's some shots from the cars later on that i thought were really cool and yeah. uh, interesting but so, so they're driving and they're, they're talking about what they're about to do and they, they yeah. seem to know what they're about to do at least to an extent and it's like, oh, you sure about this, Coop? You sure we should do this? And yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't know what it's going to be like once, and then he cuts her off. Yeah, and he's like, and you know, I think a little bit down the scene, he he says something like, uh, "Oh, it'll be fine once we're through," or something like that, or to that effect. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, "All right, almost four hundred and thirty miles," and I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Four three oh four three oh this is a thing. We were told in episode one but the the fireman, that's what he said. Remember four three oh. Also Richard and Linda, two birds with one stone. Born that later. <laughs> so he's like, okay, four three oh and he's like that's exactly four hundred and thirty. He gets out and he, he walks over to like a this spot and he just kind looks of feels around. it. Yeah, he yeah. sort of looks around, feels it. There's power lines of course. Yeah, he's paying he's paying big attention to the, the, the power lines. And he gets in the cars that like, this is the spot, and that's when he sort of says the line about, "Oh, once we get through, it'll be fine." And they, they, they kiss. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he says, "Kiss me first, and she kind of looks yeah. at him, and that's why he says, "You know, once we get through, once we cross, it could all be different." Yeah, it could all be it's different. Like, it's like this is this could be a final kiss, sort of thing. Yeah, which really begs the question: What exactly he? Yeah. Oh, I think I've got an idea, but we'll, we'll talk about that. So, and and this is this is you know where this part onwards is where I was like, okay, is is this Mulholland driving it? Okay, I wasn't actually at this point. There was a very specific point for me where I just okay. went, "I see Mulholland driving us right now." Uh, but yeah, so so they, they they drive forward through this spot that's just off the road, and we get some flashes, some electrical noises, flashes, flashes. Then it's night. Yeah, they're driving somewhere else at night time, and they're quiet. They're still driving, and they eventually pull out into a motel. Um, this is one of the first moments I want to talk about the uh, the camera work with the car when the parks when Cooper gets out and he goes to you know pay for the motel room or whatever presumably mm. uh, the camera follows him from the car inside the car but what I thought from, was the, from the back seat yeah that's what I was going to say for, what's really noticeable to me is that it's from behind Diane that it follows and it, yeah. and it feels like someone's in the back seat almost like it, we're it, in it the feels back like seat. they're being watched doesn't it yeah. Um, but that's obviously not as weird as this scene gets because as Cooper's inside the office talking to the you know, motel manager, Diane looks over and behind one of the pillars for the front of the motel, outsteps Diane. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Diane the car and she's looking over at Diane. She's seen it. Yeah, who's looking back at Diane. Talk about infinity and looping. <laughs> Diane's yeah. looking at Diane. We have Diane's upon But, but again, it kind of Cooper breaks the loop when when he comes out mm. that's it the, the the other diane just just isn't there yeah yeah i've got a theory as to what this is i'll, I'll just wait until we get to like one more scene before i, I jump back to this because i so he, he gets he, he's got a room to get in the room and like okay what now and he's like come over to me and they had they, they start what is a very intense love scene like uh, when it starts off kind of soft 
and it gets intense and it goes on for a long time. Uh, some really sort of lovely W music kicks in. Although, I actually might have checked this before we started this and I, I'm, I'm annoyed that I didn't. The song, the mm. song that played during this scene, which sent my 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 theories spinning out of control wildly. And you're probably you're probably thinking, why? Why did the song spin you out of control wildly? I am I'm convinced that this is not the first time Lynch has used this song, and I don't think it was in Twin Peaks. I th- oh really? I think this song was in Blue Velvet, and I just watched that recently. Okay. He's definitely having, used this song before. Having never seen that, I'm, I can't. Well, here's the other thing that's interesting about Blue Velvet, though. It stars Kelly MacLachlan and Laura Dern, and their love interests in that movie. Tell me they're not called Richard and Linda in that they're movie. They're not, they're not, they're not. Thank Tr- God. Trust me, trust me. Hey, if they were called Richard and Linda, you don't think we'd have been, the internet would have been blown up about that like since like, yeah, that I mean, was mentioned? probably, yeah. Just double-checking, though. Right, but like, and I was sitting there thinking... Wait, if they if they crossed over into Blue Velvet universe or something, like what's happening? Like, and I, I thought this is this would just be the crazy thing that Lynch would do. It would it would tie it into one of his movies that, like you know, previously was standalone. And it, to be fair, he hasn't. At least I don't think he has, right? But I'm sure that song played in that. Do correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I am misremembering where this song was used before. But it was. I'm sure it was David Lynch, and I'm sh- I don't think it was Twin Peaks. I don't recall hearing the song before, so because when it kicked ten, I had really vivid kind of thoughts about it. Like it just it, it was clicking in my head, mm. and I'm sure it's David Lynch. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat or the, the comments, but no, you, you could be right. I can't. I can't. Yeah, obviously. That yeah, one, I, that's why I meant to look, to look it up before we before we started. Maybe I'll look it up because we next time we uh, break the recording. I might look it up and double check that. But anyway, so they have this love scene and it's a very bizarre love scene because uh, I almost said Kyle there. Uh, Cooper is like sort of sitting up and Diane's on top and he's kind of got this blank stare on his face. And it's I was very passive, isn't he? Yeah, and, and I was almost like, did something go wrong? Is he still really Cooper? Like whenever he speaks, he still sounds like Cooper. But, but he, all... he kind of has more the demeanor of Doppelcoop. Yeah, like whenever he's been quiet though, which is the majority of the time, beyond this point, he does have this kind of Doppelkoop-esque, it's, it's kind of halfway between them, which, you know, Fair Pretty McLachlan, he, he's doing so many versions of his own character that he's now mixing them in. And, and we have to remember, Doppelkoop isn't necessarily not Cooper, he's a side of Cooper. Mm. Like, you know, that, that was kind of established, like, you know, he's, he's not just nothingness, he's, not, he's, he's the worst parts of Cooper, but he still comes from Cooper. Yeah, the idea that the stakes are so high that he is kind of like a little bit darker as a result, maybe. Yeah, there is part of that in him. So, 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 so this happens, and they, they, it goes on for a while. The music actually goes away, and it's more sort of darker music. And then the song comes back in, but it's mixed with the darker music. Like they're both yeah. there, uh, which maybe shows that they're conflicting feelings right now. There's, there's both love, but there's also something else. Like it's this mixing emotions, and you can see that in Diane's face. Like Diane's face as she's you know riding them, for lack of a better word, uh, are you know she's conflicted. She's in kind of like. An emotional pain, I guess I would say. Yeah, and I mean, Diane's kind of really all we got to go off of that because Cooper's just blank. Yeah, and, and obviously then we can't see his face. And she covers it up. And the funny thing is, is at this point, yeah, she starts doing this thing where she covers the face, and it's, it's it was almost giving me like sort of almost like Pan's Labyrinth kind of. It made me think. Was it you know the idea that you know we know Doppelcoop raped her? Was it the idea that she couldn't 
really look at the face. Yeah. That's, that's what I was getting from it. She's just yeah, like, like, I, 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 I look at it. I think that may be almost the most simple reading of this to a point, yeah. is that she remembers that, and as much as she does love Cooper, she can't look at his face because of that incident. And that, it makes John, sense. It also reminded me of, obviously, she was NATO, and mm. obviously NATO was blind. And this very much reminded me of, you know, how like a, a blind person would feel someone's face. Yeah. Like the way she was, you know, copping it, holding it, trying to like find out like, how his face felt. Yeah. I don't know if I... Th- I don't think I, I... I get how I might say you're saying it looks kind of like that. I yeah. don't think that's what she was doing. No, it felt more she was yeah. covering his eyes. More it than did, anything it else. But it, it popped into my head as a Because thought. if you remember when she talked about being raped by Doppelkoop, uh like, they go, he looked evil. The evil smile, all that stuff. It looked like she... It's not so much that she didn't want to look at him almost. It was more like she he didn't want... She didn't want to look at his eyes looking back at her. It was yeah. the... It was the... That that she wanted to cover but It was up. especially after, after he was looking so blank and yeah. un-Cooper like really. yeah maybe it reminded her of him even more yeah. so 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 he wakes up the next morning alone alone and he's like Diane Diane you know, around and he sits up and there's a note on the on the bed stand and he goes to read it and uh, I mean I don't have the exact word in the note but it was uh, you know don't come looking for me uh, I've gone and it's like, but then of course the interesting part. I'm leaving out the the, the room. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say before you get the, the key line from the actual within the yeah, the, the note itself for me was that it says, "Yeah, I don't recognize you anymore." Yeah, no, that's that is absolutely fantastic. Well, that's fantastic, but it's, it's it's a notable line of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But then here's where things get really weird. She refers to him as Richard. Yeah, and he's like immediately because it says, you know, it says, "Dear Richard," and he goes. Yeah. and he's like Richard, and then it gets to the end, and it's like you know Diane. Oh, not Diane, sorry, Linda. My mind, completely screwed that up there. But you know, it says Linda. And it's like, and this is where I think, and I don't want to get too much into this. I don't want to spoil the movie, but I was like, are they actually, is he about to Mulholland drive us right now? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what this is doing? Um, yeah, it really felt like it, didn't it? However, my reading this with a bit of thought. Uh, not a lot because we record that record. Yeah, we haven't had time to. to but my thought normally. Do. My my thought is that when when he saved Laura, and the, you know the one time it was maybe successful, he saved Laura. It created an alternate timeline. It didn't just fix everything. It didn't erase everything. It created a divergent path. Okay. And when they went through four thirty. Right, that that spot in the map, which yeah. I presume is four thirty miles from Twin Peaks, but that's just a guess. Right, they crossed over into the other side. They crossed over into the new timeline he made. Right, and perhaps in this timeline or in this universe, they are Richard and Linda. And why? The, the, well, well, I don't have a why. I don't expect that. Well, no, no, no. It just, it just to the point where you know, where after he changed the events that he changed, mm. he would still like you know, he would still have been Cooper up to that point. Yeah, right. I don't have an answer for that, but just stick with me here, right? Okay. So, Diane sees herself the night before. Yes. She sees herself outside the motel, and to me, or at least I'm reading it based on what happens next, because it's almost like she says she doesn't recognize him anymore, but it's almost like she doesn't recognize herself anymore. And I, I think her seeing herself outside, it's almost like she's, it's like the new world's overriding who she previously was, or she's like seeing that she 
like in this world this is not who she is and mm. if anything she has experience with this she's already, we've already seen like you know fake diane realize she's not who she is yeah and it's like her looking at herself is this like almost literal self-reflection the self looking at herself in the mirror literally in this case mm. and seeing that no i'm not really this person anymore over here i am not her over here i am linda okay that's that's how I, I uh, as far as I've gotten with the reading it. Um, now, obviously, well, this is the thing, though. It's not just that he saved Laura, because she's not really Laura, to, to kind of skip ahead. So, going with this theory, he's actually crossed over into another universe where either nothing's the same, right? Yeah. Like, people are kind of there. Like, there's versions of them. Like, he'd be Richard, and there's Alinda, and, you know, whoever else is whoever they are. We'll get to that. But, like, you know, I'm just... I'm trying to align with this stuff yeah 